So you want to talk amnesty, huh? Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? So there was this article that came out this morning from The Atlantic. And I haven't even read it yet, but it's all the rage right now. And it's basically calling for amnesty for the confusion that occurred during COVID. Because no one could have known what was transpiring, so obviously everything is forgiven, and we must all move on. Even though there's been no recompense, there's been no apologies for the most part, there's been no analysis of the fucking disaster that incurred. So, I'm anxious to read it, needless to say. Seeing as it's essentially addressed to me and my audience, the handful of people that were actually opposed to this insanity. So, we're going to do that today. And I thought it would be fun to do it live because just get my my raw reaction before i get started i want to thank our sponsor and today i want to tell you about an opportunity to jump headfirst in the liberty movement and make a real impact young americans for liberty is currently recruiting campaign field staff to help elect pro liberty candidates across the country these hardcore candidates are dedicated to fighting for federal gun nullification defend the guard and criminal justice reform and many other hardcore liberty policies If you are ready to be a part of the fight, stand against the establishment and make a real change in 2022, you can join one of these campaigns from now through November 8th. You just have a week left. Gas is completely covered. Housing is fully provided. And you will be compensated a total of $2,800 a month for your work on the campaign trail. Go to yaliberty.org forward slash Liberty Lockpod to apply and make a real change in this country today. The link is in the description, so you need not remember it. Go check it out. Young Americans for Liberty is doing great work. All right. Emily Oster of The Atlantic. Let's see what you have to say. Why don't we? Oops. Pulling it up. Sorry. Sorry for the delay. I am already ready to be pissed. How about you guys? In April 2020, with nothing else to do, my family took an enormous number of hikes. We all wore cloth masks that I had made myself. I already don't like you. (laughs) We had a family hand signal, which the person in the front would use if someone was approaching on the trail, and we needed to put on our masks. Once, when another child got too close to my then four-year-old son on a bridge, he yelled at her, social distancing. (laughs) These precautions were totally misguided. In April 2020, no one got the coronavirus from passing someone else hiking. Outdoor transmission was vanishingly rare. Our cloth masks made out of old bandanas wouldn't have done anything anyway, but the thing is, we didn't know. I have been been reflecting on this lack of knowledge thanks to a class I'm co-teaching at Brown University on COVID. Oh, great. We have people that were absolute ignoramuses early on that are now teaching classes on COVID. I'm sure that's quality learning material. We've spent several lectures reliving the first year of the pandemic, discussing the many important choices we had to make under conditions of tremendous uncertainty. Some of these choices turned out better than others. To take an example close to my own work, there's an emerging, if not universal, consensus that schools in the U.S. were closed for too long, or they shouldn't have been closed at all. That's my addition, not hers. The health risks of in-school spread were relatively low, whereas the costs to students, well-being, and educational progress were high. The latest figures on learning loss are alarming, but in spring and summer 2020, we had only glimmers of information. Reasonable people, people who cared about children and teachers, advocated on both sides of the reopening debate. Yeah, but only one side was demonized, last I checked. Another example. When the vaccines came out, we lacked definitive data on the relative efficacies of the Johnson & Johnson shot versus the mRNA options from Pfizer and Moderna. The mRNA vaccines have won out. But at the time, many people in public health were either neutral or expressed a J&J preference. This misstep wasn't nefarious. It was the result of uncertainty. Obviously, some people intended to mislead and make wildly irresponsible claims. Remember when the public health community had to spend a lot of time and resources urging Americans not to inject themselves with bleach? That was bad. That didn't happen, by the way. Misinformation was and remains a huge problem. Yeah, and you just spread it in this article asking for amnesty, you fucking idiot. But most errors were made by people who were working in earnest for the good of society. I strongly disagree with that. The people that were actually dictating these policies were not working for the good of society. They were working for power and financial interests, as is usually the case. Continuing on. 
Given the amount of uncertainty, almost every position was taken on every topic. And on every topic, someone was eventually proved right and someone else was proved wrong. See, the difference is, is that only one side of the debate was allowed to have a platform. Only one side. So, yes, everyone took a different side, but only one side was allowed to be heard. And now we're all just to move on and forget that. I don't think so. Continuing on. And on every topic, someone was eventually proved right and someone else was proved wrong. In some instances, the right people were right for the wrong reasons. In other instances, they had a prescient understanding of the available information. Well, thank you. I would consider it prescient indeed. The people who got it right, for whatever reason, may want to gloat. I don't think I want to gloat, actually. I just want to punish you. Those who got it wrong, for whatever reason, may feel defensive and retrench into a position that doesn't accord with the facts. All of this gloating and defensiveness continues to gobble up a lot of social energy and to drive the culture wars, especially on the internet. These discussions are heated, unpleasant, and ultimately unproductive. In the face of so much uncertainty, getting something right had a hefty element of luck. <laughs> oh, that's so insulting. So yeah, you got it right just on accident, and we got it right by luck. In the face of so much uncertainty, getting something right had a hefty element of luck. And similarly, getting something wrong wasn't a moral failing. Treating pandemic choices as a scorecard on which some people racked up more points than others is preventing us from moving forward. We have to put these, right, uh, put these fights aside and declare a pandemic amnesty. We can leave out the will for purveyors of actual misinformation, which you labeled all of us, I might add, while forgiving the hard calls that people had no choice but to make with imperfect knowledge. Los Angeles County closed its beaches in summer 2020. Ex post facto, this makes no sense that my family's masked hiking trips. Uh, oh, it makes no more sense than my family's masked hiking trips. But we need to learn from our mistakes and then let them go. We need to forgive the attacks too. Because I thought schools should reopen and argued that kids as a group were not at high risk, I was called a teacher killer and a genocidaire. It wasn't pleasant, but feelings were high, and I certainly don't need to dissect and rehash that time for the rest of my days. Moving on is crucial now because the pandemic created many problems that we still need to solve. Student test scores have shown historic declines, more so in math than in reading, and more so for students who were disadvantaged at the start. We need to collect data, experiment, and invest. Is high dosage tutoring more or less co cost effective than extended uh, school years? Why have some states recovered faster than others? Well, because some states didn't lock down, you dumb dumb. We should focus on questions like these because answering them is how we will help our children recover. Many people have neglected their health care over the past several years. <laughs> Notably, routine vaccination rates for children for measles, pertussis, etc. are way down. Rather than debating the role that messaging about COVID vaccines had in this decline, we need to put all our energy into bringing these rates back up. No, I don't think that's true, actually. Because the reason that those vaccination rates are way down is because you've now broken the public's trust in the medical health establishment, and rightfully so. People should not trust you anymore. So if they don't want to get different vaccines because of what you lied to them about and forced them to do over the past two years, that has to be discussed and acknowledged. It cannot be ignored and moved past. Continuing on, pediatricians and public health officials will need to work together on community outreach and politicians will need to consider school mandates. Oh, great. So you learn nothing. Excellent. The standard saying is that those who forget history are doomed to repeat it, but dwelling on the mistakes of history can lead to a repetitive doom loop as well. Let's acknowledge that we made complicated choices in the face of deep uncertainty and then try to work together to build back and move forward. Oh, that's it. Well, gotta love that her final line includes the phrase build back. Build back better, perhaps? Yeah. Uh, so no, I don't think amnesty's on offer. But I will say this. It's nice that you use the word amnesty because amnesty basically implies that a crime was committed. On that, we can agree. A crime was committed. A crime against humanity. A crime against humanity of which you participated in. Would you like amnesty, Emily? No. 
I hear your your offer of or your request of amnesty, and I reply in kind, no. Until there is a price paid for the unbelievably ignorant and evil behavior of every political establishment, medical establishment, politician, academia, the media, all of these people that advocated on behalf of what I consider to be crimes against humanity. Until there's a price paid broadly, no. We can't move forward. We can't move past this because you broke the fabric of civilization. And you didn't save lives while doing it. What a shocker. You completely untethered civilization. And yet you didn't even save lives in doing so. The one argument you had on your, on your side of the fence when we didn't know for sure could have been, well, at least we saved lives. Sure, we broke the economy. Sure, kids can no longer speak. Sure, kids are depressed and suicidal and drug addiction is through the roof. Sure, homelessness is skyrocketing. Sure, we're on the, on the cusp of World War III. But we saved a million lives. You can't even say that. You don't even have a single defense for your behavior other than ignorance in that period. But we don't have that excuse anymore, do we? Ignorance is no longer excuse because we know the truth now. There are other examples of nations that didn't take our insane path, and they did way better, and they didn't lose more lives. So you have no defense, and you want to move on because you don't want to deal with what you did. You don't want to have any sort of redress for our grievances, which are rightfully held, because we were right and we weren't lucky. Because we were actually doing our own research, which you scoffed at, which you considered to be conspiracy theorizing. Who's right and who was wrong? Not you. You were not right. We were. Face it. Acknowledge it. Appreciate it. And then, if we feel gracious, maybe we'll consider moving on. Maybe. But that is not until the people that actually made these insane policies and did so on the faultiest of science while deciding to censor and deplatform anyone who had the right information, who was actually trying to save the fucking world. Sorry, I'm very upset. I'm very upset that we have already skipped the entire trial process and we're moving right into amnesty. No apologies even. No apologies. You sound like Scott Adams. All of these people sound like Scott Adams. Sure, I got it wrong, but it's just because I couldn't have known and anybody that got it right was just lucky. That's not true. We weren't lucky. We were smarter than you. We're better than you. We did more in-depth research. We actually considered human behavior. We actually understand economics. We actually understand what binds together civilization itself. You don't, and yet you still sit up there and pretend as if you have any authority over the rest of us. Fuck you. How about that? How about no? How about no forgiveness? How about no amnesty? Fuck you. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> I am so mad. I am so mad that this is even being floated as a concept. I can't even believe it. I can't even believe you would have the fucking goal to ask for amnesty. And, just, and then to frame it as if we just got lucky. We just got lucky, right? We're not smarter. No. We're luckier. <laughs> well, boy, are you unlucky. You're the unluckiest people I've ever met in my life because you get everything wrong. And yet you still have the political apparatus by which you can implement your fucked up policies over the rest of us. It ends today. Anybody that fucking made these stupid decisions doesn't get to have any say over our lives anymore. Go to prison. Do not pass go. Spend the rest of your life there. Think about what you've done. Think about the economic consequences. Think about all the children that are fucking dying and killing themselves right now because of it. You pieces of shit. All right. Sorry. 
Bill Maher had on uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> and Bill, being the cutting-edge quasi-libertarian that he is, caught up to us two years deep into this bitch, and finally he's figuring out what the truth is. And he's figuring out that he pushed a bunch of lies. Is he apologizing? No, he's not. But he's still being lifted up as a hero truth-teller two years deep into this shit that I've been telling you forever that you all know knew forever. Now he's like some revolutionary. It's irritating. Anyways, there's uh, audio from this interview, and I watched it a couple days ago, so I wanted to play it for you. So let's do that. Before we get started, or before we get started with that audio, uh, let me just take. Oops. Yeah, let me just take a, a second to remind you that there's an upcoming online summit by my friend Mikkel Thorpe from expatmoney.com with over 30 experts who are focused on moving your life, business, and wealth offshore. The event is from November 7th through 11th. It's four days, totally free to, to register. Go to expatmoneysummit.com. Just add it to the lineup, Dr. Ron Paul. Do not miss it. Reclaim your freedom from chaos and uncertainty. Topics will include... How to use foreign currencies, offshore banking, and decentralized finance to safeguard your money. How and where to safely store gold, silver, and other precious metals. How you can get a second passport to travel the globe without restrictions and get in and out of different countries' borders. Register now for free at expatmoneysummit.com. This is your way to fight back, at, fight back against what is happening in the world. Stand up, protect yourself, and find out how to secure your new life abroad. Register for free at expatmoneysummit.com. As always, the link is in the description for any of my sponsors, so you don't have to listen to me. You can just go click the link. It's very easy. All right, Bill. All right, Neil. Let's see what you scumbags have to say. I'm sure it's going to be equally upsetting, but, you know, that's the period we're in. Where's it at? There we go. Um, our reactions to threats are very often not rational and not proportional. So I said from the beginning, I thought we overreacted to COVID. Uh, now we're getting some information after a while. We have time to find out just how bad the collateral damage has been. Uh, here's just a few cases. The pandemic erased two decades of progress in math and reading. See, right away, I got to say, this pisses me off. I see these headlines all the time. The pandemic didn't do that. The way we handled the pandemic did that. True. The pandemic certainly was a thing. But let's not just say the pandemic, because it was not written in stone that we had to handle it the way we did. Uh, act scores are the lowest in 30 years. Um, anxiety and depression way up. The body mass index uh, increase doubled for kids 2 to 19. Drug overdose, overdose deaths. Murders way up, inflation at a 40-year high, domestic violence increased. Um, oh, and my favorite, car crashes. They couldn't figure this out. They're like way, way, way up. And they're finally the ex I love this. This is the the expert said, you know what it is? People just went fucking mental. <laughs> they just went nuts. They're like, I'm home, the fucking kids are here all the time, my stupid husband is here all the time. I'm just gonna take it out on the highway. And they did. There was a group, the Great Barrington Declaration. Yes. You know, the, these academics, and a lot of them are at Hoovered at Stanford. I had Hoover. I uh, Hoover Institute. Hoover. I I had They're bringing them up now, two years deep. By the way, Bhattacharya, uh Martin Kaldorf, uh I mean, there's a whole list of them, but almost all of them were deplatformed from social media. Social media, which is being censored at the dictates of people that these, this entire panel agrees with. Would they like to discuss that? They won't. I had them on CNN. I put them on regularly on radio. And there was always enormous blowback because they were saying many of the things that you're saying now, only they were saying it in real time. And it's the name I, of the show. Yeah, I guess what I guess what I would <laughs> what I would add to that is I think one of the great injustices was the rush to judgment as soon as the shit hit the fan to clear out every college campus in grad school. It never made sense to me that we sent them back through airplanes and car rides with relatives instead of keeping them right where they were. I love that like the only thing that they're willing to reconsider is the schools because we have like obvious clear-cut empirical evidence that it was completely counterproductive and totally destructive to these children that's the only aspect of this have you considered that perhaps all of it 
was counterproductive and destructive to civilization, not to mention econ economically. I mean, it's worth considering. Could we please? And and Bill, I, I have three for whom I'm still paying tuition bills. They were so robbed of a year, year and a half of, of all the exchange, the mingling that you talked about last week. Yeah. We're never going to make that time up is my point. Can I put something in on this? Yeah. Uh, what you don't have is the benefit of the alternative scenarios to see how they would have come out to be able to judge whether what did happen was a lesser evil than other options that would have unfolded. And so, so well, suppose, well, suppose actually, we do. actually we do because. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let this just run because I otherwise I'm gonna flip out. Other countries handled it differently. Sweden didn't handle it differently. Some of the places with the lowest vaccination rates turned out to have the best results. With really low population densities. Well, yeah. Yes, I mean, yes there are different factors. There are. Uh, yes, but that matters. Yes, of course it matters. Sort of a well, you, you, you just said. There are different population densities in different states in this nation, and there was also different policies. You can prove empirically which did better. Scientist extraordinaire. I'm going to an elevator in New York City to 15 people. Okay, okay. Right here. You, just, you just said that we can't make any judgments because we don't live in an alternative universe no. where America handled it differently. No, I, I, and I'm saying other places handled it differently. That does matter. I, it's a legitimate, I think it's a legitimate conversation to have. You remember there was talk of, of herd immunity and how we get there at the outset, and people were shouted down for even raising that prospect. I'm not the scientist yes. you are, but in they, retrospect, they shouted down not? the idea that it might have escaped from a lab. Right. That was some. I love that he still shows deference to Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm not the scientist that you are. Well, you got this right and he got it wrong. So perhaps his scientific knowledge is not as you know, acclaimable as you might have prior, you know, ha might have believed in the past. But why are you still giving him deference today? I don't understand it. How racist, right. as opposed to the, somehow if you believed that it came from the wet markets, you were a Democrat and believed it came from the <laughs> lab, you were a Republican. This is ridiculous. <laughs> it has no political dimension at all. Here comes Neil. Where do you think it came from? I don't know. Exactly. We don't know. But it could Literally, that's all they had to say from the beginning. Not just on the origin, but rather on the response to it. But did they say that? No, they didn't. They came with all the authoritarian, you know, confidence you can possibly muster. And every step of the way, they got it wrong. But the scientific community didn't speak out broadly. Obviously, you had the Great Barrington folks that did. But the people like Neil deGrasse Tyson, complete certitude. Fauci knows. Follow along. Trust the science. All this bullshit. All you had to say was, I don't know. Could have been either place. It's not crazy to think somebody could have walked out of a lab with it on their shoe. It's hard to there, keep things in a... There's clearly weaponization program, bio-weaponization programs around the world. And so, the, yeah. not even intentionally. Right. Just because it's hard to keep bacteria... I'm just I love that that's just like a passing comment. There are clearly clearly bio facilities across the world, so you know, maybe, even though it was racist to even consider that two years ago. saying if we if we had left all the elementary schools open and then kids become vectors to redirect the disease, and then we have that didn't happen though, Neil. a death toll that rivals what happened in the nineteen eighteen pandemic. that was never a possibility, Neil. people would. I, I, but that that's an experiment that I, I don't well, know that I well, wanted to Well, it was an experiment run in other countries, and it didn't happen because kids don't get it very much. And, and, and you know, when Population you, density. Does that I, matter? I, you know, it's not, like, it's not like Sweden isn't a modern country. Bill, also. So, I mean, what, what population density? That isn't. I mean, there was a lab experiment of sorts when you take a look at Gavin Newsom's response in California versus DeSantis in Florida. And in the end, was the data really all that yes. much different. And by the way, why not target the places with the great population density instead of having a one-size-fits-all approach to everywhere? That would be that, right. that would be a nuance of, of right. laws and legislation that I don't know that the American public would buy into because we want everybody to be treated really? exactly the same. Yeah, to say well, you live there, so you have a different law than here. I, because there are different factors. I agree. And also, <laughs> I, I mean... I, I, Welcome to federalism, Neil. Good Lord.
what a fucking idiot. I can't believe that that guy is still like looked at as some sort of authority figure on anything. They got into it a little bit more and it was pretty entertaining. So I'm going to run the video on this one if I can find it. And rightfully, Bill gets pissed. Oh, because by the way, that. you caught COVID and I never have, just to put that out there. Meaning what? Meaning, well, I, uh, well, I, I, I paid attention to medical professional advice. So, okay, first, first of all, you know nothing about what I did. I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you I what just know that you caught COVID. I, I, you know, I'll tell you what happened. what happened. I caught everybody fucking caught COVID. You probably did too, and you didn't even know it. Oh, okay. Because sometimes it doesn't affect people. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. By the way, I'm like George Carlin. I swam in the Hudson. Viruses are ubiquitous. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about that. Yes, they okay, are. Okay. Uh, so for 14 months, I didn't have the vaccine. All right. And you're right. I didn't take any precautions because it didn't scare me, and I didn't get it. Then I got the vaccine. And I got it three weeks later. <laughs> I'm not saying the vaccine gave it to me. I'm saying we don't know what happens. The confluence of things that go on in our body. That's always my point about vaccines and everything else in medicine. Medicine is almost as, as crazy to try to figure out as the universe. They just don't know what's going on in there. Uh, do you know that... Uh, I'm sure you saw this. Last month they discovered a bacteria naked, uh, visible to the naked eye. That's they, scary. They said it would be like finding a human the size of Mount Everest. Yeah. But cool. really, you're going to just sit there in your white coat and tell me we have all the answers, we know everything, just do what we say. I don't think No, so. but what you can't... Well, sure. However, there's the best available evidence at any given moment. Who's best? The 16,000 doctors who signed the Barrington Agreement or the political hacks who run the FDA? I, I'm all for... Oof. That was so good. I hate to give Bill any credit because he was so fucking wrong on everything for the past two years, but God bless him to call him to his face and just blast him with reality. We're having the conversation. I, I just don't like right. the fact have, the have the conversation. That is not what science is. Right. Isn't that what yeah. science is? Yeah. Oh, and and, and you, you, you contest the, the evidence and find out which has the best foundations for right. why you would draw the conclusions yes. you do. But let's... let's in, in, yeah, but once you do that, you then have to look back at your hypothesis and decide which was right. And we we now know definitively, and yet still, Neil, Captain, Lord of Science himself, medical genius or whatever the fuck, he doesn't want to look at the reality of how counterproductive these policies were. At which point... Do you actually go back to your hypothesis, hypothesis and say, we got it wrong? Admit that we are in the middle of it. Not There's no conclusions. Like I, to, I, let they they said the vaccine would stop infection and they stop, it would stop transmission. It didn't do either. Well, I'm not saying that's because they're corrupt. Kept people from dying, okay? Look yeah, at the death well, yes, rate right, after the vaccine. Right, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying. You kind of sounded like you were. I'm but, not. Okay. You, you interpolated. <laughs> I'm saying I just said the things they got wrong. I didn't say, and also it means it, it's not correct. And okay. on the front, on the moving frontier, there will be things that are right. wrong. Right. So if it's moving, let's keep discussing. Yes. Right. Of course. Indeed. That's it. That's all I got for you. They're never going to apologize. I think that's... <laughs> we know that for a fact at this point. They're not going to apologize. And uh, we're going to have to decide if we want to maintain a, vein, uh, a vengeful outlook for the rest of our days. And, you know, personally, I don't have any problem, like, letting someone like Bill Maher back into civilization. Just being honest. He was dead wrong for two years. He's never going to apologize. But at least he's acknowledging that it was wrong. Like, I think that's, that's kind of the bare minimum that I can deal with. At least acknowledge it. But people like Fauci, they're never going to acknowledge it and they're not going to pay a price. And I find that untenable. I think that if you completely break civilization itself, there has to be a price paid or you'll do it again. Especially if you're in a position of power to do so. So that just can't happen. I mean, no bullshit. I honestly believe that World War III is a potential outcome of COVID and the lockdowns. That's 
incredible. I mean, it's insane to think that, but it's pretty logical. Like if you don't have the economic turmoil that comes from breaking the supply chain, you don't have the oil and gas issues. You don't have the supply issues. You don't have the inflationary pressures. You probably don't end up in a position where like Europe and the U S are prepared to do anything to distract the public from what they've done. Not to mention the financial imperatives to do so. Because you now have central bank digital currencies, which are rising up, and you have the BRICS that are migrating towards their own kind of quasi-fiat, quasi-hard money type currency. And as if you know anything about you know the petrodollar system, they will defend it up to and including the apocalypse, potentially. And I really don't think that we are on quite so militant a footing, both with Russia and China, if not for what we did over the past two and a half years. And a lot of people, if you want to go down the conspiracy route, might say, hey, that was the plan all along. From the other angle, the other conspiracy theory is that this is all China-derived and and China wanted this to destroy us. And that's why we're now putting B-2 bombers in Australia with nukes aboard. I don't know. We got some comments here, some super chats. Uh, Battle Elf, I misinterpreted the rules. Cartman, I don't know what that means. I'm sorry. Uh, Kevin Brady says, bat soup equals not racist, lab leak equals racist. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think we all know more or less the truth of this at this point. And honestly, I still don't know if I'm allowed to say it on YouTube. I still don't know if I'm even allowed to tell what I think is 99% sure to have transpired. Is that Dr. Fauci and the NIH funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan, and then dot, dot, dot. <laughs> you now pay $75 to fill your gas tank. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fill in the blanks there so I don't get deplatformed, huh? Um, yeah, I'm really, it's, it's weird. It puts me in a weird position because I am a deeply forgiving person. I really am. But I'm only forgiving of people that want it, of people that acknowledge what they've done. That's, that's kind of like a basic pre prerequisite for an apology request, isn't it? Or for, uh, for forgiveness request, rather, is that you offer an apology. There is no apology being offered. So how are we to move on? I really don't know. I mean, you guys tell me. Are you are you in a position of just like for the sake of humanity, you're willing to forgive? Because I'm on, I'm on the other side of that coin where it's like for the sake of humanity, I don't think that we should. And I know that sounds kind of counterintuitive, but I honestly think that if these people don't pay a price, then we can't we can't move on. Because they'll do it again. I genuinely believe that. I genuinely believe that they will try and use the lockdown protocols with paired with climate change insanity. And if they do that, well, then forget it. It's over. We already have such terrible economic turmoil. You do that, forget it. It's done. Global economic collapse. Absolutely. So if we don't have trials and put these people in prison why would they not do it again most of these people haven't even lo lost their position of power in the government much less been put in prison you know the the more moderate you know political people are like just vote them out just put better people in it's like i don't think you can reform a system that locks you in your fucking house for two years sorry I don't think that system can just be reformed through an election process. Does that, does that sound logical that you can just vote out all of the people that either advocated on behalf of, on behalf of your enslavement or sat there idly and quietly while everybody else did that to us? No, thanks. I mean, there is like Thomas Massey and that's about it in terms of people in the house that were, loudly and outspoken in opposition to this early. I mean, 
if you recall, Thomas Massey almost got thrown out of office because he just wanted to vote on the stimulus packages. Donald Trump himself pushed for that. Nancy Pelosi. It was a bipartisan push to get the one guy to who all he was asking for was a recorded vote on the biggest bill, the biggest spending bill in the history of this country. And they wanted to pass it without a vote. Without a vote, they wanted him thrown out of office for that. Can you reform a system like that? Ask yourself sincerely, can you reform that system? One that spends trillions of dollars and doesn't want to even have a recorded vote on it. I'll give you my conclusion. The answer is no. It's not reformable, folks. That is such a basic requirement. You can't even get them to fucking vote on whether or not we should be going into World War III. Instead, they just arm Ukraine in a proxy style to escalate tensions with the biggest nuclear power on Earth in Russia. And they don't vote on it. Sure, they'll vote on the, the spending bills. And guess what? Even there, you only get like 20 Republicans against it and zero Democrats. So is that a reformable system? Again, I can only conclude fucking no way, man. It's not reformable. <laughs> I mean, seriously, folks. It's so crazy. Uh, Kevin Brady says, I got uninvited to Thanksgiving last year from my wife's aunt because I'm not vaccinated. I offered to test twice before she bought the rhetoric. These people push this, not forgiving propagandists. I think that's the point here. How can we forgive people that, I mean, they're so deeply propagandized that they, they completely, with certitude, treated everybody else that didn't go along with this insanity as if they were a leper. <clears throat> I know it It happened to me by a lot of my relatives, so I'm sure it happened to everybody that's listening right now. I mean, honestly, I hope some of you are the, the other side that have come all the way over to our camp that realized how insane what you were doing was. I doubt there's many of you in here, but I'm sure there's some. And... You know, if you're that type of person, I want to be very clear. I can forgive that. I can forgive the biggest psyop in the history of my mankind. You fell for it. That's okay. But you have to acknowledge it if you want forgiveness. You can't just say, hey, amnesty? <laughs> you're skipping the entire middle process. The entire middle process where you acknowledge wrongdoing, where you acknowledge the hurt and the damage caused. You have to acknowledge it for the sake of everybody. Not just for us, for yourself. Seriously. Like, if I fuck up, I want, to, I want to admit wrongdoing. I want to admit that so that I can be better moving forward. So don't even do it for my sake, even though I would appreciate it. I really would. But do it for your own. Acknowledge wrongdoing egregious wrongdoing civilization breaking wrongdoing if you can't do that i can't trust you moving forward on anything ever again i think that's pretty straightforward all right we got a uh, the libertarian party is collapsing or so i've i've read so i have a uh, an article that was written about a week ago and i've been meaning to read it because I wanted to see what they had to say. So I thought I'd do it live so you guys can learn along with me why the Libertarian Party is collapsing, even though I don't think it is. All right. Only a few years after its greatest triumph, the Libertarian Party is collapsing, torn apart by an insurgency of alt-right sympathizers with racist tendencies. Well, hello! Libertarianism, the idea that state power must be absolutely minimized, relies on ideas of individual rights that seem flatly inconsistent with racism. And yet libertarian rhetoric has always had powerful attractions for those who wanted to resist racial equality. No, 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 no. I don't want to resist racial equality. I oppose equality, period. Because your egalitarian concept of the world is fucking Marxist and insane. How about that? They continue on. How is that possible? There is, in fact, a connection, but it is one of psychology and political history rather than logic. I just published A History of Libertarianism. The book is a critical introduction to this ideology, which has done so much to shape American politics. I focused on its major thinkers, Hayek, Friedman, Epstein, Rothbard, Nozick, and Rand. 
and sought to address their strongest arguments. None of them were racist and most rejected racism vehemently, so I largely ignored the linkage with racism, yet now it presents itself. No, it doesn't present itself, because if you read them and you understand our belief system, then you should know that we are not racist. We just don't focus on race because we believe in the individual. Continuing on. In May, the party was taken over at its national convention by the so-called Mises Caucus. I love so-called. Uh, a far-right group. We're not far-right, you fucking idiots. Some of whose members have been associated with racist and anti-Semitic ideas. Who? Name them. How? What? What did they say? The caucus is named after the libertarian economist Ludwig von Mises, whose philosophy was pretty crude, as I explained in the book, but who firmly condemned racism. His philosophy was crude. That's a weird assertion. On Martin Luther King Jr. Day this year, the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire tweeted in a later deleted post that America isn't in debt to black people. If anything, it's the other way around. Caucus members have called for violent repression of Antifa and Black Lives Matter protesters. Yeah, when they were violent and only then. Uh, the new leadership's first and most prominent decision was to remove from the party platform language declaring we condemn big bigotry as irrational and repugnant. As a result, the party is facing mass defections. In 2016, Gary Johnson was the most successful libertarian presidential candidate in history. He got almost 4.5 million votes, 3.3% of the votes cast, three times more than any previous libertarian candidate, including Johnson himself in 2012. Yes, because he was up against Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. The worst field in history. The crack-up is in part the result of crass political machinations. The insurgents are funded by donors who have been close to former President Trump, suggesting that the takeover is part of a coordinated Republican st stratagem to destroy a party that has been draining away Republican votes. That makes no sense. So the Mises Caucus, this alt-right group, has taken over the Libertarian Party to take away votes from the Republicans? What logic does that make? We're alt-right, and, and yet we're going to now vote for the GOP because of that. It's fucking ridiculous. If anything, we're driving out the left-leaning libertarians, which are going to go vote for the Democrats. So in reality, the Mises Caucus could be argued as helping the Democrat Party. All right. The chairman of the New Mexico Libertarian Party wrote, the leadership has adopted messaging and communication hostile to the principles for which the Libertarian Party was founded, serving no purpose other than to antagonize and embarrass. That may indeed be the purpose. Battles for control of the state party are also happening in Virginia and Massachusetts. The stratagem would not be possible unless the alt-right people were available for recruitment. There is a reason why they join the Libertarians instead of the Greens, another third party whose principles are equally antithetical to them. The connection between, yeah, because we're not Green Party members. We're actually Libertarians. The connection between Libertarianism and race dates back to 1964 after he had the Republican presidential nomination. Barry Gold, Goldwater, himself no racist, voted against the Civil Rights Act on Libertarian grounds. What the fuck? So you can understand that you can vote against the Civil Rights Act and not be a racist? Huh? I agree. All right. In a speech co-authored by future Supreme Court Chiefs, Chief Justice William Rehnquist, he said that the freedom to associate means the same thing as the freedom not to associate. In so doing, he transformed the Republican coalition. Eisenhower had gotten about 40% of the black vote in 1956. Nixon in 1960, about a third. Goldwater, 6%. Goldwater was the first Republican ever to win in Georgia and the first since Reconstruction to carry Alabama, Mississippi, and South Carolina. Richard Nixon's eagerness to woo the voters who had supported George Wallace in 1968 consolidated the racial polarization of American politics. Racism seems to be part of libertarianism's appeal to some Americans. I don't know any of them, just so you know. And I was at the convention. I don't know anyone who's a racist, who, who's a libertarian because they're a racist. That's totally bizarre. It is easier to oppose government power if you don't like what that power will be used for. Okay. Some of the libertarian leadership noticed that and has made racist appeals for decades. Some libertarians even dream of abandoning the state for clusters of self-governing enclaves, some of which would be, would be all white. Yet we don't care because we believe that you can associate with whoever you want. Ayn Rand called racism the lowest, most crudely primitive form of collectivism. True. But her condemnation of unproductive parasitic moochers has more resonance when you think you know who those people are. I don't know what that point is even. Are they implying that because she's against moochers that she's racist? Because that sounds pretty racist to actually think that's what she's saying. Libertarianism offers a peculiar vision of the heroic, solitary individual who sustains himself without any external support. Why is that peculiar? Sounds pretty awesome. It says, I don't depend on anybody. I can take care of myself. This fantasy of 
autarky can also involve the capacity to separate from people one doesn't like. Oh, how, how dare you go away from people that treat you like shit, like Anthony Fauci. It denies any obligation to them that might be based either on shared membership in a community or on a history of wrongs that one has involuntarily benefited from. The fantasy is easy to swallow if it means that one gets to keep more of what one has. Here, as elsewhere in libertarian thought, there is an active partnership between delusion and greed. Uh, here we go again. Oh, that's it. Jesus Christ. These articles are terrible. You don't even, like, get to a point. Doesn't feel like. Um, yeah. I do. I believe in individualism. And I believe that races have the right to be with other racist people. Just as I believe that, you know, Marxists get to be with each other if they want to. And I get to be the fuck away from them on both counts. That's libertarianism. I know. What a novel concept. Uh, I'm going to end this with one brilliant, probably the best politician on earth when it comes to pushing back against the push for World War III. And, you know, there's very few white pills that I have to deliver. And this is one of them. So enjoy. It's fucking really, really good. This lady is incredible. Her name is Claire Daly. She is awesome. The war in Ukraine is quickly escalating into a wider horror. And from what I can see, practically nobody in this chamber is doing anything to prevent it. In fact, most people seem to get off on the fact that it's escalating. And at this precise moment, of course, as usual, the voices challenging the rush to war are attacked and silenced smeared as traitors, cronies, Putin puppets, Kremlin stooges. Just a quick interlude there. Notice all these labels, right? Connect the dots here. What were we called when we opposed lockdowns? When we opposed the war on COVID? Grandma killers, anti-science, conspiracy theorists, liars, traitors, cronies, Putin puppets, Kremlin stooges. It's all the same thing, folks. You oppose the establishment, you will be labeled terrible, terrible things, and they will always be false. This Russian age is, frankly, it's pathetic. And I don't make the comparison lightly, but the crudeness and cynicism of these slurs coming from mainstream EU parties might as well have been written by Hermann Goring, who infamously said that even though people never want war, they can be brought to war with threats and smears. He said, all you have to do, tell them they're being attacked, denounce the pacifists for lack of patriotism and exposing their country to danger. It works the same every way. I mean, you have to connect that dot there. It works the same every way. That's the exact same playbook that they ran to get you to accept lockdowns. Where he led, you are following. This house should be ashamed of this debate. Words are being twisted, meaning subverted, and the truth turned on its head. Opposing the horrible madness of war is not anti-European. It's not anti-Ukrainian. It's not pro-Russian. It's common sense. The working class of Europe have nothing to gain from this war and everything to lose. And I find it laughable that those calling for arms to Ukraine Never call for arms for the people of Palestine or for the people of Yemen. Ooh, this lady is awesome. Unlike you, I oppose all war. I want it stopped. I make no apology for that, and I'm not going to be scapegoated and labeled for it. I, I love this woman. Make her empress of the fucking universe, as far as I'm concerned. I oppose all war. What a novel concept politician on the global stage telling the truth that you are being propagandized and led into yet another horrific mistake god bless her send her money make sure she avoid all small aircraft and uh avoid the heart gun gun because the cia is going to be coming for you claire god bless her we need more like that we need more courage in this world and ultimately we need some fucking apologies from the people that screwed us. <laughs> if you want amnesty, you better at least bring me an apology. Because absent that, I'm looking for Nuremberg. That's the truth. Okay? Nuremberg 2.0. But we don't want just the, the prison guards this time. We want all of you. All of you on trial. 
All right, I'm done. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Uh, and uh, last but not least, if you want to support my work, go to libertylockdown.locals.com. I'll catch you guys very, very soon. I have an incredible lineup, as always, coming up. Do not miss it. We're out. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppin'. A typo and Luke might bring them nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm a shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcast sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running out, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house The malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky Smooth Tom was the only sound Getting so hot, must be air July Screaming in the mic, a rip of 59 Miles to ratio, that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war, but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe